outcreate that voice. That voice, that negative voice is going to be there. And that voice isn't, isn't the truth. All the excuses that it tells you that, you know, you're not enough. It's not interesting enough. This is too hard. It's not, if you do it anyways, the magic shows up. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Creative Process. I'm your host, Alicia Peterson-Baskell. Thank you all so much for being here. It has been an emotional weekend this past weekend. My sisters and I hosted a celebration of life for both my father and my Aunt Mary Jo, who was like a second mom to me. It was a really hard weekend. There were family members that I hadn't seen in a very long time, and complicated relationships on top of the sadness that was already there that day. But two nights before the event, I did something for myself. I did a breathwork meditation with my teacher, Danielle Herring, who I'm really excited for you to hear from today in this episode of the podcast. But the hour that I dedicated to doing the breathwork was really important for my mental health the rest of the weekend. You know, people say grief is nonlinear, and this has absolutely been my experience with losing first my mom, then my aunt, and then my dad. But doing the breath work has helped me to release some of that grief and to deal with it in a very physical way. It has also allowed me to access my creativity in a more intuitive and clear way. I'm recognizing how closely connected grief and creativity really are to one another at least in my life. So I started taking breath work, I think it was in late 2019, with my teacher and friend, Lily Pettit. You know, just a few months later, we were in a pandemic, especially in those early days of the pandemic, breath work really helped me through. Uh, It really helped me deal with that fear and all of the unknown And as I continued to practice breath work with Lily, I discovered that I actually really wanted to facilitate breath work. And that surprised me because that wasn't my usual go-to. I take yoga classes. I work with a meditation teacher, but I've never necessarily wanted to teach it. This was really clear, really, really clear that I wanted to teach it. And so I've been going to trainings In fact, I go this weekend to a level three training online, and I'm looking forward to it so much. And then I am going to actually be facilitating a breathwork group online that I'd love to invite you all to. It's called Breathwork for Creativity, and it's coming up on April 18th. That's a Monday evening at 5.30 Pacific time. I would love to see you there. I mean, I just can't even imagine the joy of seeing your faces. You know, I'm sitting here in a room by myself talking to a microphone, but I know there are so many of you out there listening and it would just be a thrill for me to see your faces, to meet you and to facilitate this work for you. So if you are interested, go to my link tree. I think that's the easiest way to do this. Link tree is L-I-N-K-T-R dot ee forward slash alicia peterson baskell and you'll see all the information right there you can sign up 
and hopefully I'll see you there. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you all because I will be talking to Danielle Herring about how her breathwork practice both initiated and supported her writing journey. Danielle Herring is a breathwork healer, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and most recently a fiction writer. She got her master's in psychology and her training includes various forms of traditional talk therapy, EMDR, hypnotherapy, art therapy, energy healing, meditation, and breath work. She leads breath work healer trainings, and I have been her grateful student. Danielle recently added a new title to her repertoire, and that is author. She may be one of the most reluctant creatives that I've met, but I'm so glad she pushed through that and that she was willing to share her story with us today. So please welcome Danielle Herring. Danielle, I'm so happy to have you here. You've become a mentor to me, which I'm so grateful for. But also, I love what I know about you as a creator. Well, yeah, thank you for asking me. It's always fun to connect this way and share wisdom and get to know each other on a deeper level. So, yeah. yeah. I'd like to have, get some context to know what your journey has been, because correct me if I'm wrong, you aren't somebody who set out to become a creator or a writer or a, an artist. Is that true? Correct. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no desire. No. I love that. Can we go back in time and learn about you and who you are and where kind of your journey towards this? Yeah. So early on, like young teenage years, Oh, I always knew I liked to help people and rescue animals. And I was always saving something or someone. And I ended up becoming, went to school for psychology, got my degree, became a marriage and family therapist and was like, this is it. This is what I meant to do. Loved, 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 you know, being a therapist. And in the same time, the work was very healing for myself, right? You learn more and more about yourself as, mm -hmm. as more people come into your life and and I thought I had it figured out. I thought like, okay, I, you know, right. I have my degree. I'm, I'm living <laughs> the life. I'm, I'm doing all the things. And yet my life didn't look exactly the way I thought it was supposed to. I mean, I think I bought into the story of, right. You know, you, you get the degree, you get the husband, you get the kids, the house, the right. And the husband showed up and a couple of years later, I was like, no, I don't, I don't think this is a good fit. And so I left that and good for you. Never, nice. yeah, kids never happened. And and there I was like, you know, reaching 40 going, oh, <laughs> I can't check very many of the boxes that I thought I would should have checked by now. And I was still always taking additional classes. Like I was still, there's something more. I'm like, no, there's more to life than just what I've learned so far and experienced so far. And that led me to finding the breathwork meditation. And the first time I did it, I had such a powerful experience with it and really it was my throat where I, I felt this blocked energy like release so at first it was very like oh my gosh I feel like I'm being choked but then as I kept doing the breathing it, it lifted off and I had this profound awareness that something had held my my voice back my whole life and that whatever I just did in that breathing meditation had opened it up wow 
And this was your first, was this your first? Mm -hmm. My very first, yes. Wow. I asked the guy who had facilitated to do a private session with me. We did that and same, like just this really powerful experience of an energy my, it was my energy, but coming into my body and just the experience of fully feeling like for the first time that I was in my body. And I didn't realize I wasn't in my body. I mean, right, obviously we think we're in our body, but there was just this awareness of like, oh wow, I'm much more present now than I've ever been. And that experience made me realize this is the level of healing I wanna facilitate for people. Like therapy's amazing and I knew I'd helped a lot of people, but I was like, I want to help people on this level. So I got trained. The neat thing about the training as you've experienced is you get your own personal healing as you're learning to facilitate this technique for other people. So I just kept going to the trainings, even though I had completed all the levels, I was like, well, it's, you know, every weekend I go, I experience a profound healing. And eventually, so once I got the layers of the old stuff out, right? The old sadness, the old story. Once that released, then I started getting messages that felt like they were, like I knew they were truth. It was one of those like, almost like these divine epiphanies or just messages that were bigger than me or felt like they were meant for more than just my ears. And so I would, you know, journal about them and write them down and share them with my teacher. And he would say, you, you need to start writing. And I'm like, for what, like, what, 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 no, <laughs> like, just all the, all the no's. But I would, yeah, I would jot them down in, in, a, in a notebook, just thinking, you know, they were for myself. And he kept encouraging me to write, you need to write a book. And I'm like, why would I do that? Like, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds <laughs> So I was so resistant, but I believed, I trusted this man, right? I mean, everything that had, he had yes. taught me, everything that I'd experienced in the breath work, I was like, okay, I know this guy knows what he's talking about. So I reluctantly started doing it. And it was a, you know, sometimes I would, you know, sit down and, and type out several pages and, and be in the flow of it. And, and then I wouldn't touch it again for months. And then I would kind of come back and write a few more pages. And, Then it got to the point where every time I was asking him for advice about something, his response would be right. And I realized, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get any other advice or guidance unless I actually do this. So I was like, all right. And so I did. So I I decided to start writing it as a fiction story because some of the messages and visions and things that I would see in the breath work didn't make sense in this regular world. And so I'm like, how am I going to explain to people that I felt like I was inside the earth and mother earth was saying, and so the idea to write it as a novel came about. So that's what I did. And it's, yeah. I love that. I love that. I already have a lot of questions. So first, can you talk to our listeners a little bit about the basics of breath work and what you were doing to have some of these experiences. Yes. So it's an active meditation. It's a focused rhythmic breathing that you do laying down with your eyes closed. You're breathing through the mouth, two breaths in, one breath out. And what ends up happening is 
the mind starts to relax as that oxygenated blood hits the hypothalamus gland, starts to release endorphins. Your mind will let go of control and then anything that's being held in your body that whether it's stress or tension or old emotions will start to release and move. And once you get that layer of fear or sadness or whatever it is off, then whatever your, your heart needs you to know will reveal itself. And so that's where people will experience epiphanies or realize that something that happened in their childhood that they blame themselves for, it wasn't their fault. If they've had some sort of physical injury, sometimes that area will, like if it was an injury that, you know, happened when they were, you know, angry and then they went outside and tripped and sprained their ankle. Pain around that, the emotional pain, the physical pain will clear with it as well. Nice. How often were or are you doing breath work? So for me, I had a lot of sadness that I had to release. And because I felt like I'd finally found something that worked, I was all in. I mean, when I first learned how to do it, I was doing it every day sometimes twice a day. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna... But that's the extreme. Like, I don't know anybody else that, that is, d does it as often as I do. So it's not necessary to do it that often because I have facilitated for people that after one session will be like, oh my gosh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I need to, you know, I need to write this or I need to create this or I need to have this conversation or I need to walk away from this or... I had one man, he's one of my favorite stories, he said, I've been trying to figure this thing out for 30 years and the answer just came to me. And that was in 20 minutes of breathing. So it, it can, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not unusual. And I'll, I'll hear people like, I'll see them, you know, a year later or something and they'll say, you changed my life a year ago. And I'm like, I, really? What, what, what happened? You know, and it's just, <laughs> You know, it was a group class. There wasn't time to process or talk about it. And, and they just, they got what they needed. And, you know, a year later, they're like, hey, that was really life-changing. I want to do it again. Whereas <laughs> my mind's like, that was life-changing. I want to do it again right now. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing breath work? How long has that been? It's been 12 years now. So when did you start getting these visions for this book? The book. Well, and it's kind of woven together because what I realized at first, I was getting epiphanies that were helping me understand myself more and, and stories that I had held about, you know, my child, whatever, like feeling like oh, I wasn't loved the right way or I'm not getting enough attention or it's not safe to use my voice. So I started seeing where those belief systems had been created and I actually wove all of that into the novel. So I've used the information that I've gotten in the breathwork from the very beginning. And even, right, yeah, it's based on my story and there's definitely truth written as fiction in the novel, but. I feel like that's what everything starts to be, you know, just pulling on your truths. And like you said, some of it probably was all very, very true, but it just looks like fiction, but it has a real reality, has a real um, space in reality. Yes. I mean, I would say, probably within a few months was I getting, you know, deeper messages and, and, but definitely then within the first few years too, like they just got, 
I think because I was open to it, the messages just kept mm -hmm. showing up in, in bigger and bigger ways. And what do you think it was about David Elliott, your teacher? How did he know? You know, David Elliott knows a lot of things that I have no idea how he knows. <laughs> He's very clairaudient. He's very connected to spirit. And I feel like it was his divine life purpose to be doing this and teaching this. And so spirit connected into him in a way that has allowed him to help so many people. And he's he'll say that he realized the people that he was going to be helping were writers and creative people, people who were going to be spreading the message in a bigger way. And if like, I never thought that applied to me. Like I thought, oh yeah, I'm sure there's people out here around here. These other people are going to do that. I, I'm just here. For <laughs> I'm just here for the breath work. I'm not here to write anything. <laughs> and that, and that voice of yours that's now coming out and is teaching so many people and on so many pages now, that's incredible. Yeah. Okay. So you said you, you would write some and then you'd put it away and then you'd write some and put it away. And then at some point you really did realize that you were going to commit to this yeah. process. Yes. Yes. David would say, just write 20 minutes every day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it takes me 20 minutes to sit down and get rid of the distractions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I realized I needed at least a couple hour block of time. And then I would get so excited about what was coming through that, yeah, I would, you know, spend the whole day sitting down typing. So that I think too, to find your own rhythm with it, for sure, develop the commitment, the practice. I do think it's helpful, like to say like, okay, I'm going to do this every day, but like put it in your schedule. Put it in your schedule. That's such good advice. Yeah. Did you do it every day or was it more like you, you had longer periods of time, so you did it every other day. Yeah. Like if I didn't have clients, if I like on the weekends and stuff like that was where I started really committing to it. And what I found was that is I would get excited about what I had written. I would get like an energy surge back. So that became, I'm getting goosebumps as I talk about it, <laughs> but it was almost like I felt like the, the universe was like, good job. Like here's <laughs> an extra sparkle in your life because you, you sat down and wrote for several hours. So that made it fun. Yeah. And you said as it was coming through, how did you get to a point where it started coming through? As I committed to sitting down and, and writing at first, it would like, I would have, you know, a message that I'd gotten in the breath work. And so I would be like, okay, what do, you know, what do I do with this? How do I expand this? And so I would just start, you know, hitting the keyboard. So I'd have an idea of what, what I wanted to say, but, and it would, next thing I know I had written. So what I thought was a sentence or two, next thing I know was, you know, two pages. I would get into a flow where I just, it felt like the book was writing itself. Then later when I would be editing, I would read back through it and be like, who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> I would have no recollection. For me, that is just one of the greatest spaces to be in all the world. And I think so many art makers and performers and writers would totally resonate with what you're saying. And that just that feeling as you commit and as you get going with something, I think you, you said it, your commitment, right. it felt like that was a really strong moment when you committed yeah. to writing this. Yeah. Like the, because the resistance would still come up the, the entire time I was working on it. 
and sometimes after I had written for a few hours and I'd go to bed and my mind would be like, oh, that was terrible. Why no one like, why did you write that? That's and, and it would like, it was really these mean like thoughts. And, and then I would look at it the next day and be like, no, that voice is wrong. This is good. And so that was really neat to learn. And probably the most powerful thing I got out of it was that out create that voice, that voice, that negative voice is going to be there. And that voice isn't, isn't the truth all the excuses that it tells you that you know you're not enough it's not interesting enough this is too hard it's not if you do it anyways the magic shows up that's amazing and in that voice it came to you later on but how did you keep that voice from being like right there on your shoulder as you were writing once i realized that it wasn't true like when i read something that it had told me was terrible and i should you know and i'm like no, this is cool. Like, I like this. Then I was like, oh, okay, this voice isn't to be trusted. That was a big epiphany. And then when I would share my writing with other people and they would be like, oh my gosh, that, you know, I can't wait to read it. I want to hear more. I love that. Then I was like, oh, people like this. So that really helped too. Was And I was part of a writer's group. And so we would share a page of what we'd written. And so to get that feedback really helped. Tell me about your writer's group. How did you find it? Did you form it? How often did you meet? David had actually used to have one. And so we would meet once a month and go over things. And and so there, and then anytime we would do a retreat or a training, there's all, he always adds in an opportunity for creative expression because mm-hmm. he really, he sees it as a shortcut to healing. And he, he, he thinks it's one of the fastest ways for people to move through their trauma is by writing about it and using the energy of the emotion, putting that into creativity versus like people will get stuck in addiction or unhealthy relationships or, and he's like, if you take that energy, instead of putting it into those unhealthy patterns and you put it into your creative expression, that you'll actually be amazed with what you can create. That was one of the first things that I experienced with the breath work, clarity around writing clarity around some dance work, some ideas, kind of big ideas. And as I dive deeper, I feel like there's other things that are being uncovered, but, but creativity was, has just always been really fun to access through breath work. Really fun. I guess one of the things I didn't say when I, when you were asking me about breath work, one of the things that it does is it releases any energy that we're holding that isn't ours and allows us to have that true connection with our spirit, which that I think is right. I mean, how much better and sweeter is life when we're truly connected to that part of ourselves and and allow that aspect to guide us through life and express itself through us like that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's just a direct connection to creativity. Exactly. You know, so often in, in healing modalities, you know, there's journaling, and journaling, I love journaling. I absolutely love it. But there's something different about journaling versus creating, you know, cre- and I love that what you went toward is fiction. So some of it is your own experience. Were you able to sort of allow stuff that isn't true to enter? Yeah, it was funny because there was definitely a part of my brain that was like, well, I can't, I can't say this. That's not exactly what happened. And, and then it was like, 
oh no, I have permission to make it up. Like I can let it be more, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was definitely a process, but once, once I did, then there, it was freeing in some ways, but then there was also that, that voice that was judging it, I think got a little louder because it was easy to write down. Well, no, I got this message from spirit as I was doing the breath work and this is what was said. And this is what I was shown. The voice couldn't dispute that. But then when I had to weave that into a scene in, in the novel, yeah, for sure, that would be like, oh. But once, it, it's almost like there was a tipping point where once I was so committed to the project and I was going to get it done, that voice quit, kind of gave up trying to stop me. And I wrote it with, I didn't care if anybody ever read it. I didn't care if the book was ever published. I wanted to be able to say I did it. And it's done and here it is so that was my my goal and then i fell in love with the story and then oh. I, yeah and then i was like oh this is fun i'm getting goosebumps now <laughs> i was excited for to share it with the world how long was that process from like full commitment you know not those like early dabbling days but from full commitment to really recognizing that you had completed it i'd say it was a year to get a final rough draft. And then I worked with editors for another, ended up being a year just because there were some delays with that. But how was that process, the editing process? It was amazing and I learned so much. It helped me become a better writer. You know, having somebody else who's trained and a professional look at it and go, you know, I need more here. I need, you know, this needs, you know, help. What I need to know what the character was, was seeing, what was happening in the background, what were they wearing? What were, and I'm like, oh, okay. oh, you know, I didn't think that, oh, okay, yeah, she, well, she was wearing this. And cause I was, I was writing the book. I didn't want to read, do a bunch of reading of other people's work. Cause I didn't want it to influence my writing. And so I was trying to come up with my own I wasn't even trying to come up with my own style. I was just writing it the way I knew I would write it. Without outside influence. Exactly. And so, yeah, so the editing was really helpful. And I chose to work with editors who had experienced the breath work because I thought that, yeah, that I, I felt like I needed that so that they would understand my process and my journey. So it was really sweet. Nice. When you would sit down to do any rewrites, did you feel that same flow because I actually love the editing process. It's a little less fluid. It sometimes can be disjointed for me, but I actually love it. So I'm just curious. It was interesting because when someone had told me, like, even once you have your finished rough draft, you're going you're gonna to rewrite it several times. I was like, no, that, no, that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it seemed like this huge daunting thing that would be too much work and take forever. But it was actually ended up being quite fun. But yeah, the editor would be like, I need more here. And, and that voice would be like, I don't have anything more to say there. If I had more to say, I would have said it originally. You know, there would be this <laughs> resistance. And then when I would actually sit down and do it, I would, it would be like, oh, I just need two more sentences. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, perfect. That's exactly it. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And then there would be sections where, yeah, I would have to rewrite the whole thing. And, and that I would get more clarity or realize like the material was working on me as well. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you were developing your writing style. Yes. That's really fantastic. Your writing group 
was breathwork oriented and your editors have done breathwork. Has people read it who have not done breathwork? Yes. So I did um, work with a woman. She calls herself a book whisperer. So she's never done breath work. And she specifically said she didn't want to try it until after we were complete. So getting her perspective was really helpful because she would be like, I have no idea what chakras are or would like explain this to me as if I was a 12 year old boy. Mm -hmm. um, so spiritual concepts that I took for granted. Oh, everybody knows this. She was like, no. And so she actually was like, put footnotes in, in the book. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, which wasn't something I had thought of, which was fun to add in. And I feel like the book is now, will now be available to a wider audience because I'm not assuming that you have to have a spiritual practice to understand the concepts that came through. Yeah, that's great. And are you, currently you're in the um, querying phase, is that right? Yes. What has that been like for you? That is a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, and it's such an uh, interesting industry. Like you just, you just keep sending out letters. You have to, you know, they say, find somebody who's written a book like yours and then, and see wh who they worked with. And I haven't been able to find anybody who's written a book that's <laughs> quite like mine. <laughs> So yeah, and you just, so you just keep sending out these query letters. And of course, these, these book agents get hundreds of emails and requests daily. So, so not getting a response, like I don't take it personally because I'm like, they probably didn't even have time to, to read it or they just not their thing or it sounded too spiritual or whatever. And I, I know the book has a journey of its own that it's meant to take, that I don't control the timing of it. So then there was almost this like, well, I know it's going to happen, so I'm not that worried about it. But then I was like, I've realized I, I, def, I need to keep putting energy into. Yeah. Well, I'm right with you. I've written a few picture books uh -huh. and I'll kind of go in, you know, like a month here and I'll send it to, you know, five agents or something. And then I'll just go do something else. And then three months go by and then I send out five more. So I'm with you. Me too, right? Because they say, don't expect a reply for one right. to three months. And so you're like, okay, well, I sent it out to 12 people. So I should just wait to see if any of those 12 people respond. Well, then it's three months later. And you're like, oh, okay. They didn't respond. Let me <laughs> I should keep going, keep going. I noticed on your website and behind you, you have a love for mandalas. I do. I saw that you do like a breathwork mandala art combination, which makes perfect sense because, you know, as we were talking about writing and breath work and, you know, all kinds of art with breath work. Can you talk a little bit about that creative process and how that came up for you? And are you still, do you, do you create mandalas? If it was up to me, I would just create mandalas 24 seven. I would not leave my house <laughs> when the whole writing thing Idea. I'm like, are you sure? Can I just paint a big mandala? <laughs> and I had to actually put myself on like, okay, I'm not allowed to paint a mandala until I finish this much of <laughs> this much writing. So that was my reward. So I first, gosh, I'm trying to think what year it was. I think it was 2011. I saw I'd gone to an event at this uh, spiritual church and they were showing a movie and the movie was called Discover the Gift. 
and basically the gift is that you're the gift but in the there was an art there were they had invited different people to display their work like in the wait in the waiting area and there was this artist paul Husenstam, who's based out of laguna beach and he's a mandala artist and i had never seen a mandala painting before and i was absolutely mesmerized with his art and you know the movie was about to start so i grabbed his card and a couple days later i looked at the card and it, on his website and saw that he offered mandala painting workshops and so i signed up and went i'd never painted before and you know except for art class in elementary school mm -hmm. <laughs> and was just mesmerized by the color and the process and i was like kind of like i was with the breathwork i was all in like i went and bought all the supplies and just i would paint one after the other and 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 then i ran out of wall space <laughs> <laughs> And then I realized like, oh my gosh, why don't I combine my two favorite things, breathwork and mandala painting. And so I, I devised the, created the workshop where we would do the breathwork first and then spend the rest of the day painting prompted that, you know, in the breathwork, whatever comes up for you, whether it's something emotional or spiritual or physical, like take whatever is revealed to you in the breathwork and put it in the canvas with the colors or the patterns. So I provide the students with a basic pattern on the canvas and then they can make it their own. They can change the pattern, they can they choose the colors, they choose what embellishments they want to put on. And I've taught that class for several years. Like it was pretty like I think I started teaching it in 20 2012. And uh, yeah, I've taught it in San Diego and LA and Arizona and yeah, it's really fun. And people would, again, so many people who had never painted would just be like tears. Like, I did this. I, I painted this. And it was really, really sweet to witness. They would almost continue their meditation through the mandala. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And, it, and it's so creative and it's so meditative and it just brings forth that part of a part of us. And then it holds the energy, like the having that mandala hanging on your wall is holding the energy of that experience of that. So that was really neat too. Yeah, I I can look at each mandala and tell you exactly what was going, like it just, it holds the energy of it. And one of my favorite stories with one of them was I really wanted to go to Hawaii. Like I just felt like the need to be on a tropical vacation. And so I painted a mandala and I, the whole like the colors I chose and the whole time I was just thinking about just that tropical island vibe and that year I ended up on f going to four like three times to Hawaii one time to Cancun like and they were like a couple of them were free trips or like just unexpected like hey I've got a free place to stay do you want to come down like it was so magical yeah that's so, so cool I love that story you mentioned to me when we were speaking about this before that you, you thought, okay, this book is, the book is complete, right? But people have mentioned to you that you have another yes. story to write. It's a sequel. And at first I was like, absolutely not. I'm one and done. And, and, <laughs> and, and felt that way even, yeah, even like as, as editors would be like, oh, you could do. And I'm like, no, 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 this, <laughs> this was a lot of work. I'm done. And then sure enough, in the breath work, I keep getting more information. So I'm like, oh, oh, 
oh yeah, this, oh yeah. And so now there's actually an excitement about it. And it feels like the, especially the last few months, like it was actually just like pouring in and I'm like, wait, let me get the first one (laughs) where it needs to be before I, I get distracted with this. So. Though they do say, you hear writers say all the time, distract yourself with your next book. So you may just go for it and you'll see what happens. That's so exciting. And so you haven't started that process specifically. It's, it's, yeah, not like I have, you know, jotted down in, you know, this scene and that scene. So, but no, I haven't fully. It's, I'm so excited for your book, for whenever it finds its way into the marketplace in whatever journey that is. And then your next book and then your next, because I mean, what do you do? Like once you've gone into that process. I mean, I think, I'm, yeah, I've definitely say I've, I've ship, shifted my feelings about it in terms of, as long as the stories want to keep pouring through me, I'll, I'll, I'll transcribe them. You know? <laughs> Love that. I think I've brought up that I'm an an improviser, a dance improviser. And so I've just recognized when I would would work with a group, we would try to find ways to get into that space of kind of what you're talking about, where you're in that flow and things are, things are flowing through you and you're kind of, you're, you're getting them down on paper and you're just moving forward. It isn't that you're, you're catching something and really manipulating it. You're just kind of going right? You're just, as you're writing, you're just going. And so in improvisation, it's a really great place to practice that. But we would find that after 20 minutes, now we're there. But I've been finding that if I just breathe for, you know, three minutes and just tap into what I know about that, I can just go. Yeah. And I can just move and create and stay in the present moment and not get stuck on ideas like, you know, that little guy on my shoulder, that little choreographer on my shoulder saying, do this cool thing, do that cool thing. I can really listen to what you, what you talked about. You're my true self, right. not the opinions of, of others that I may be holding on to based on things I've learned in the past about what choreography is or should be. It's part of what got me somewhat addicted to breath work. <laughs> <laughs> is how it's, you know, how it's really taking me straight into a space where creativity is just abounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely there were times where, when I felt like I kind of hit a block or, or was stuck that I would just lay down and breathe. And yeah, I, I did want to share. So for the title of the book, I didn't know what it was and I figured it would reveal itself eventually. And Probably. I mean, it was, the book was maybe two thirds of the way done and then I still didn't have the title. And then in the breath work, it did, it, it showed up and it was, um, the title is an undefended heart. Mm. And I was, it was actually a breath work experience where I was shown how when, we, when our heart is shielded and we have these layers of, you know, protection that we, we, we think are keeping us safe. And I saw that how it actually has the opposite effect and prevents us from fully living our life. Yeah. Oh, Danielle, I love that. What a beautiful title. Yeah. And your breathwork sessions are so wonderful. I appreciate that you're, you're doing them. 
every, every few weeks and online. And that's something that my listeners could join in on. Is that, yeah. 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 I'm averaging about every other week where I'm doing an online group and yeah, you don't need any experience. You can just join in. And And that's, it's a, tell, tell us a little bit about the online the online experience and how we might join in and how we might start to get these creative sparks from breathwork. Yeah. So the information is on my website, which is through the heart.com T H R U the heart.com. And it's a zoom platform where and I send you instructions on how to do the breathing ahead of time. And then I talk for a few minutes just to, you know, I pick a theme or something that I'm feeling or, a message that I get. I'll talk for a little bit, demonstrate how to do the breathing, and then everybody just lays down. Some people do it on their bed, their floor, the couch. And yeah, you breathe. So it's, it's kind of neat. So when we do the groups in person, you feel the energy of the room and the, the people next to you. And when you do it on your own at home, in some ways you can go deeper because you're in the privacy of your own space and you don't have to worry about, you know, if you're crying too loud, no one's going to notice. So some people will say they actually prefer that. And yeah, we do the breathing. The whole, the whole class lasts an hour. And at the end, I just leave you guys resting and kind of in that blissed out space. And yeah. yeah. And then one thing I love is that you send us the recording. So then I have been using that on my own. And it just feels so empowering because I can do it on my own time, but I still feel the support from you and the support from the memory of that experience doing it live. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been great. And, and then those creative sparks will come up and I'm learning more and more to follow them. Cause I think like, kind of like you said, you know, at first, sometimes they'll pop in your head and you'll be like, oh yeah, jot them down, but then they keep coming. Yes, they do. They do. How else can listeners follow you? You said at throughtheheart.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Danielle Herring, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. I think on Instagram, it's dot Herring, H-E-R-I-N-G. And that, and that's another place to get the insights as to when your breathwork sessions are going to be. Yes, I post all my events. Yep, on all of the events. Yes, Awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, this was super fun. Thanks for having me here. That conversation was just so fun. Danielle's playfulness around writing and creativity is absolutely refreshing. Here are my takeaways. Number one, no matter who you believe you are, creativity is inside of you and it wants to come out. So follow those creative nudges. Number two, Lean into those who believe in you and support your creativity. Sometimes others can see in us what we won't let ourselves see. Number three, find a process, whether it's breath work, meditation, nature walks, whatever it is that can help you tap into your creative intuition. That clarity allows us to go straight to the heart of our work. Number four, Try telling your story as fiction and then allow yourself to explore. You may just fall in love with the story that you create. Number five, find your own rhythm with your creative process. Develop that commitment and that practice. And number six, put it in your schedule. 
whether it's 20 minutes daily or a few hours here and there, write it down. Find the spaces in your day or your week where you can write or paint or dance or whatever you want to be doing. Number seven, commit to doing it. The resistance may still be there, but if you do the work anyway, the magic shows up. Number eight, that negative voice in your head is not the truth. It is not to be trusted. Number nine, share your rough draft with others, writing groups, editors, share both within your comfort zone, but then also outside of your comfort zone if you want your work to reach a larger audience. And number 10, trust and have fun with your process. Thank you to Danielle for this beautiful conversation. Please go to her website, throughtheheart.com, and follow along with her on Instagram. Her group breathwork sessions are magical, and I show up to every one of them. And please join me for my breathwork session, Breathwork for Creativity. It's again, it's Monday, April 18th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time over Zoom. It would be so amazing to connect with you all in that way. Again, go to linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Alicia Peterson Baskell to sign up. You can find that in the show notes as well. And thank you all for listening. I so appreciate it. And if you know of a friend who might get inspired by this episode, please share it with them. I will be back here in two weeks with two very fun performers and puppet masters. You're going to love them. I hope that you're finding more and more opportunities in your community to go out and see art and performance. We need it so badly, both the artwork itself and the conversations that circle around the work. Come find me on Instagram at Alicia Peterson Baskell and share with me what you're seeing and what creative things you are working on. I just would love to connect. In the meantime, have a beautiful and creative week. Bye.